0: Club room clubroom backstage. Anja Schneider is talking to Jamie, resident DJ of Watergate and member of the RISE Collective. Limber up for some special energy and lots of laughs.
1: The thing is, I'm half Nigerian so this is a part of me, this is my country and as soon as I arrived there, I come there and I kind of feel home. I met the people of RISE, the RISE crew and I was just fascinated because there was something so different all of a sudden like something which connects my heritage with the passion of my for my for electronic music
0: Welcome to a new episode of The Clubroom Backstage. And I'm very, very happy and honored to welcome the resident DJ of Watergate and RISE, um, the fantastic, really fantastic DJ Jamie. Just a little introduction. I was really blown away every time I heard her playing. I adore her special groove and her specific selection. Guys, I'm gonna tell you, it's really special. She was uh, actually born in Germany, moved to Nigeria when she was a baby and moved back after four years. To Braunschweig, and she just started her DJ career five years ago, if I read right. And um, she was truly inspired by genres of electronic music combined with African inspired house music. So, in every set, you can hear her influences like Filakuti, Tony Allen, and Sunny Okushin. Her music is poor soul, really. (laughs) Recently, she just released, or she's about to release, her first own track, to uh, own EP. And if you want to listen to music of her, she released her own track "Ashy" on the Haraba Nightmares compilation. And the second full single is about to release soon. Welcome,
1: Jamie. <laughs>
0: she's loving. <laughing. laughs>
1: Hi Anja, uh, thank you for this lovely introduction. I feel really flattered and I have a big smile on my face and, and thank you for inviting me.
0: But I just read that you always have a big smile on your face. I just read recently an interview in Mag, which is like an electronic music magazine in Germany and they titled it Grinsebacke for all the German listeners. Is this, <laughs> is the, was it coming from you or they were titling it like this?
1: Actually, they were titling it like this and it's true, I... Yeah, I have a very bubbly personality and most of the times I really have a bright smile on my face and sometimes people really get irritated because they don't know, like, why is she smiling? Is it like a a real smile, a friendly smile? Why is she smiling? So don't worry, guys, I'm always smiling. It's just I'm always happy most of the times. But especially in these times, we need all
0: these big smiles. And for me today, it's wonderful to sit here. And actually, we just saw us last week and... um, because for the Watergate Worldwide Stream, I hope I, I say it uh said it right and I was again completely blown away by your energy because we were sitting there for hours of course in distance and we were both tested just saying and I was really blown away how you feel about your music and your special role in this game you told me all this and I was right away I said hey I have to invite you I want to talk with you and I think the whole world have to know it because it's so interesting and thank you for this last week uh, Watergate Worldwide Stream and to connect again with you.
1: Thank you, Anya. <laughs> but how
0: have you been beside of this?
1: Oh, how have I been? It's a very good question. Um, I have been great, actually. And um, I mean, we saw each other, actually. No, not we didn't see each other, but we had this telephone interview one year ago for Clubroom. And I remember the questions you posed me, like, hey, what are you going to do when the clubs remain to be closed? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to work full time. And actually this happened. I started to work full time. But other than that, I tried to pursue my music career. So I was buying some equipment and buying some plug-ins and sitting my ass down and started producing more and more. I did a lot of podcasts and I also had the yeah, pleasure and honor to even play little um, festivals last year in Brandenburg. Mm-hmm. So I have been great actually. So it was kind of a good break for you because you were just about to start
0: to break through because after five years, everyone had big attention on you. You were a rising star, especially also with your party Arise where you're resident DJ, which is like more dedicated to African house music. And I had a feeling, okay, if you come here, you must be feeling really down because it was a break to all your career, but it was not.
1: Yeah, I mean... You really said it correctly. I was actually really like on the edge of having like better gigs, better paid gigs. Um, I had already gigs um, solid in Panama, in Mexico, in Tulum and Canada. And of course, everything got canceled. And in the beginning, I was devastated because I was really working. That was my goal to really um, start a career with that music. I started by, by chance actually I started to play hip-hop music and it, it was so, so much fun and when I realized it's really a passion of mine and I can really like earn a living with it I really put all my energy my heart yeah my soul blood sweat and tears in it and then all of a sudden corona came and I was like what the f <laughs> and so of course it took me a couple of months to really digest everything but i try to stay optimistic because uh, this is what i want to do this is what i'm pursuing and i think this is just a bump in the road and i think if you really have a passion for something you shouldn't yeah get stopped by this bump in the road because it will come better times again i love uh,
0: your opinion about this and the view of this but actually um, of course you have a normal job because you told me, no? Yes. And um, and you got, of course, in the family of Watergate and you're presenting now, I think, since three weeks, every Wednesday live, the Water, Watergate World Wide Stream. How is that? Oh my <laughs> because <God>. you're live <laughs> on the camera and you have to present. and
1: Oh my God, this really, I mean... It's so much fun. Um, I do it with my dear Watergate um, colleague and co-host Kristen Velvet. Yes,
0: absolutely. Kristen Velvet is also about it. Sorry, I I didn't forget about her. Never.
1: And I really, I mean, I didn't really know her before. Um, Of course, yeah, we were colleagues and we saw each other from time to time on parties or on the same events when we played. But now, yeah, we really get to know each other and we became friends. She's so funny. I love her personality and when they told me that she's in as well i was super excited because all of a sudden there was like a silver lining i have something to do again something regularly and um so the first three (laughs) the first three editions were like kind of well let's say bumpy because (laughs) if you do something new you know you have Mm -hmm. to get accustomed okay how is the flow how is like the workflow and we had some technical issues in the beginning like the dj before us forgot to turn off um the echo and so when it was our turn to say something it was just like wow, you just you couldn't hear anything because there was this echo on the master but then after a while and um, try and error we really got the hang of it and yeah now we really enjoy it um, it's really nice to do this journalistic work um, because we are writing the text um, mm-hmm. by ourselves Kristin and I and so we have to research facts about the DJs, maybe about some um, labels. And yeah, and so we present it every Wednesday. And it's really fun also to see some friendly faces again, some dear colleagues mm. we haven't seen, yeah, for months, especially also our dear um, Watergate colleagues, the resident yeah. DJs, yeah.
0: I can feel you, absolutely. But do you have any influence about the guests who are coming or is it all booked by Watergate?
1: Um, So far, the first um, bookings now is all booked. But maybe we can, maybe we have a say in the future. Mm-hmm. Let's see about that. Yeah, maybe Watergate has some other ideas with you. I'm, I'm oh, sure, absolutely so. sure. So if you want to
0: see uh, Jamie tune in, it's every Wednesday, I think from 7 now 8, 8 o'clock, no? Huh?
1: Yeah, usually it's from 8 um, till 10 p.m. to mm-hmm. DJs. Um, sometimes maybe from 7 to 10, if it's a special, if it's three DJs, but usually mm-hmm. 8 till 10
0: Okay, you have to tune in in Watergate Worldwide uh, stream. Oh. Yes,
1: Watergate <laughs> like Worldwide. Put so complicated
0: <laughs> names, it makes me crazy. But actually, coming back to you, you are—I um, always thought you were born in Nigeria, which was completely wrong because you were—you were born
1: in Braunschweig in yes. Germany, small town. <laughs> <laughs> Braunschweig is
0: not really the sexiest city of Germany, I have to say. But you raised up in the first years in Nigeria.
1: So, and um, the story is I was born in Braunschweig. Um, I lived there until I was, let's say, three. Mm-hmm. Then my father um, wanted to go back to Nigeria because he was an engineer mm-hmm. and he was working there. Um, and then, yeah, my mom packed her bags, me, my, my sister. She is uh, one and a half years younger than me. And then we lived there for actually one and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then we came back, I think I was around four and a Mm half-ish or five maybe even. So right before I started kindergarten. But Mm -hmm. I have still very vivid memories from Nigeria, from Lagos. We lived in Lagos. I still remember the house, the terrace, everything. Mm -hmm. And also, which was very terrible for me so um i had all my german records with me you know like heidi with really. yes <laughs> look at <Jamie>. <laughs> <laughs> heidi bine maya of all these course. kind of things mm-hmm. bennett and bianca <laughs> and they were like kind of wanted i guess because uh some, one afternoon some of these records disappeared because the children of the village they just took it so
0: probably yeah. you did a lot of the cultural influence in nigeria
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> without <a> knowing
0: <laughs> but when you moved back from nigeria to braunschweig actually you were already it's it's really amazing that you still have memories you know sometimes you don't know if you have memories of this because people told you or you saw pictures or True, whatever yes but was it a feeling that of a loss because you left your hometown i mean for a kid, it's always quite difficult to change environment in some somehow.
1: Mm, definitely, but also Nigeria back at that time was quite tough mm-hmm. and not so luxurious. So I think I mean I kind of really remember. I would have to ask my mom, but I think I was quite happy to be back because it was actually rough there. And um, mm. I actually went back to Nigeria um, three is it three years now. Yeah, three years ago now, I went back to Nigeria, to the house where we have been living, because my it's not my really my uncle, but it's my uncle <laughs> and was a friend of my father. He still lives there. And so I visited him and the house, and there was this hallway. And in my memories, this hallway was huge. And I was always scared to go down this hallway when I had to go to the bathroom when I was a child. And so when I was there, I was like, what? This, this tiny corridor of the hallway, it was really maybe two meters long. But when I was little, it seemed to be endless, you know? So yeah, the house still looks the same.
0: But um so you still, but I read actually that um, after all this long break, you came back to Germany, you went once down to Nigeria and you did your first DJ gig over there. Exactly.
1: But this is quite crazy. Why you did it there? Um, so it happened like this, that, I mean, it was not like the, re- the first DJ gig. Um, I started it was the to... official paid gig. <laughs> 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 Come well, on, let's it, face it. It, it was the... Uh, first, really international gig. Let's say like this. Um, because I started to um, DJ hip hop here mm-hmm. through a dear friend of mine. Um, we did a party for friends, and um, she was already like learning how to DJ. So she was actually the only one who could actually DJ with a um, controller. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know. Press start and stop and just put something on. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the, the the techniques, and I was just okay. Whatever, I just do it. And I had so much fun. People were dancing and they were super happy. And then I realized, okay, it's also about the selection. You know, mm-hmm. you provide the soundtrack for people to have a great night. And also, music is so connected with memories. You know, mm-hmm. so everybody has a story to a track or the other. Emotions are cooking, and it was such an exuberant energy. And I was like, "Yes, this is what I want to do." Funny thing is that there was a guy who said, "Like, oh my God, you had such a great energy, and I loved it. Come and play for me." And I was like, uh, "But I can't DJ." He's like, "Doesn't matter." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I quickly um, bought some equipment, like a Pioneer controller, and downloaded Serato DJ, and really. So you didn't have MK2, or no? No, okay. I'm a controller girl, I'm digital, I never played with records. Oh, sh- <laughs> it's new school, baby. No, no, but
0: it's absolutely a new generation, which is absolutely fine. Really in you
1: know It's about the selection, guys. <laughs> it's true, and also I mean, why should I I mean of course it's a hobby and if you're really like mm-hmm. a record lover, I think maybe it will start one day, but for practical reasons in the clubs, I mean you you do digitally, right? So, at least I'm doing it with CDJs now, but back then, sorry, <laughs> um, I did it with a controller and I really learned it and I had my gig. And since I started to, um, as a hip-hop DJ, there was a woman who was looking for an international female hip-hop DJ and this party was in Nigeria. And this is how I actually got back, back to Nigeria after, what, 30 Co- years? This is crazy. This, how this crazy. is crazy. <laughs> exactly. And... I was like, oh, my God, this is a calling. This is a sign, you know. But I started to DJ. Then she found me. Mm-hmm. I went there. It was an amazing gig. And I could see my family and my grandmother before she died, actually. like, but Did they come to the gig? Did they come to the gig? No, because the gig was in Abuja, mm-hmm. uh, which is now the capital. And after the gig, um, I flew to to
0: Lagos. But how friend. was the situation in Nigeria in general, was it not? Because you said it when you moved away, it was tough, but it's still like quite political, unsecure. Was it during this time? Was it easy? Was your mother maybe happy to that you go back to Nigeria? Because it, I, I would not let, let my daughter going there to DJing there.
1: My mother was super scared. She was like, yeah. no, don't go. And they're going to steal your kidney. And I'm like, okay, mom, this you're exaggerating right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just worried. And um. The thing is, I'm half Nigerian. So this mm-hmm. is a part of me, this is my country. And as soon as I arrive there, in general when I arrive in Africa, it's it's different than for a white person, of mm-hmm. course, you know? It's like I come there and I kind of feel home. There mm-hmm. are also my roots there and I move around quite freely, but um I have in mind that it's dangerous. So you actually you only have to know how to move around there. Mm-hmm. And then it's i say quite safe. And also for me, mm, yeah, I don't stick out so much there. Mm-hmm. So I was fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I even took my daughter with me. But was it um, ever dangerous in Braunschweig for you? Um, Not particularly dangerous. I mean, of course... But different? But did yeah, you feel di- some... Well, my classmates were mocking on me when I was little, for sure. Mm-hmm. Laughing about my kinky, curly hair. But luckily, n- never anything bad happened to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing terrible. And how you deal with this as a kid? Um, as a kid, in the beginning, when you're yeah, when you're a little kid, you don't think that you're different. Mm-hmm. But when other people tell you you're different, then you start to mm-hmm. really look, your, look yourself in the mirror, and then you realize, okay, true, I I am actually different. Mm, yeah, it was hard sometimes. I really mm-hmm. couldn't understand it. And it took some years to really like accept myself, mm-hmm. although I should always accept myself, but to really think like, okay, I'm not that different. I have might have a different skin color, but yeah, it's not a big deal.
0: And back to Nigeria and your first hip-hop gig, do you remember what kind of hip-hop you were playing? Did you oh have a favorite God. hip-hop track? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had many. The thing is, it's so... When you play hip hop tracks, you really have to play. Let's say in two hours, you play at least sixty to seventy tracks because you just play them one Mm. minute, two minutes. Yeah, of course. Uh, Oh, God, I really can't remember which was like my favorite. Maybe (laughs) teach me how to doogie. That was a really good one. I can't remember the artist actually. Okay,
0: but how it came? How was the switch then to electronic music
1: and? I um, was always a big fan of electronic music. I was always listening to electronic music because um, back in the 90s... um I mean, there was no such thing as streaming, right? Mm-hmm. Like today's Spotify and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always listening to the radio. And actually, this is, was something what I
0: surprised me very much because we both had the same influence because no one knows it when I told the story that I was li- listening to BFBS to what? Steve Mason. And I was reading it today for the first time that you were <laughs> listening to this again. And I was also blown away by the energy. And every time when I say this in interviews, I said, hey, do you know Steve Mason, BFBS? It was like, Oh no. that was the best shot of Steve. Mason Thank experience. You, oh my god, I love it. Someone on my page, yeah, this is wonderful. And it was my influence. And of course I met him once and I was like for me it was the biggest star because oh I god. don't know, but I was grown up in Cologne, so not Braunschweig, which isn't really worry. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so it was so funny because I was listening to him all the time. Me too. So and do you remember that you had like an influence uh, influence moment with electronic music? Because do you had there was a club in Braunschweig now?
1: I mean, yeah, we had clubs yeah. in Braunschweig, <clears throat> but I was always partying in Hanover. Oh, so, of course. Yes. So yeah, Steve Mason experience. Um, I was he reco- was quite big there, yeah. Yeah, and I was recording um the tapes because I was like listening to this music. I was like, oh my god, what is this? What is this? It was just like fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So I was recording everything, and then as I grew a little bit older, um, I went to Hanover for the first time, and there was a big club which was called like cyber house or hanomag um. yes i remember this and <laughs> the first time i was there actually um prodigy were playing oh. and i came in actually i was way too young to to be there but i was there and i was blown away this was incredible i was dancing the entire night through and i remember the next day when i woke up my neck was hurting so badly because <laughs> I don't know how I danced, but it must have—I uh, must have sh- shaken my Damn. head all the time. <laughs> and so, and actually, by that time, I wanted to become a DJ already. And we had a record store in Braunschweig mm-hmm. where all the DJs went and were hanging. And I went there, and the owner told me, like, "Yeah, of course, I can." I can teach you how to DJ. And I was like, okay, super cool. So I went there after school. He showed me some tricks and I was starting to do it. It was really hard, I remember. It was really, really hard. But then it got weird with him. And I was, Like so, always it is. Sometimes yes. in a situation when like, a girl asks someone really someone weird. for help with men. And he was five years older than me, you know. It was really, Sometimes really weird. Sometimes it is like this. And I... I I stopped going there and also later um, he was involved in some really shady stuff and he Mm -hmm. got um, imprisoned Mm -hmm. because he did some hooligan thing in France. It was really terrible. It was all in the news and that was the end of the record store. Mm -hmm. And then I just... But stopped then you
0: moved away from Braunschweig anyway. Exactly. I but stopped why? Going. I mean, I can imagine why, but what was the reason? At um,
1: all? Yeah, I was um, done with school and I stopped going out that much. I was focusing on, okay, I do a normal life. I'm going to go study. And so I moved to Hamburg to study journalism. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, was doing this, was modeling a little bit. And then... Yeah, I lived my life and then I became a mother. And then I'm, yeah, I ended up here in Berlin.
0: <laughs> and
1: how you connect then
0: to Watergate? Because it was quite soon, actually, when you moved to Berlin. huh?
1: Um, because it's a dream of
0: everyone coming to a city, get the right crew, get connected, get help, you know. It's I
1: know. I think I was just, you know, when you have this thing, like I was there at the right time. It mm-hmm. was just the right timing because it was not right away when I moved to Berlin because I had my daughter in 2006, so I was raising my daughter, um, most of the time as a single mother. And then what do you do as a single mother, new in the town? I was just focusing on yeah, raising my child and working. And then when she was kind of old enough, I started to go out again. And then it happened with the hip-hop party. So this is where the circle closes. Mm-hmm. And then I met the people of Rice, the Rice crew. Mm-hmm. And I was just fascinated because there was something so different all of a sudden like something which connects my heritage with the passion of my for for electronic music and I talked to Floyd who is one of the founders um, of Rise Floyd Lavigne who also just launched his new label Mm -hmm. Amazing African Tales Um, and I told him like oh my god this is so amazing and he said like yeah make a mix for us and I was like okay I'm gonna record a mix for you guys and then so I recorded a mix they loved it they booked me and I mean you fit perfectly. I mean you raised up with Fila Kuti, this is your influence. Exactly. Which not everyone has,
0: you know, and especially in
1: Germany. Your no. dad. And my mom is still listening. She has so many records actually. My mom has such a big record collection. So was it a big influence for you? Yeah, definitely a big influence. Definitely. And yeah. But did she came once and did she come once to your gig? Uh my mom not, but my father from London. Really? He lives in London and no. he came once. And? and he was super proud. And he's oh. really tiny, you know, he's like a really tiny my dad and He came, he was like, oh, that's my daughter, that's my daughter. So he was... He told everyone, that's my daughter. (laughs) And he was like wearing... Such a proud dad. Totally. And he was wearing like like a special outfit, you know, with like the patterns of his village where he comes from, from the tribe. Yes, he's Yoruba. So he was wearing everything, the full outfit with like a tiny hat and it just looked amazing. So he was super proud. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is how I ended up at RISE. And then and then to Watergate, of course. And then to Watergate, exactly. The step was quite um, short. They saw me, they liked what I was doing. And then on my birthday, they taught me like... Congratulations, Jenny we want to have you as a resident DJ at Watergate booking. And I was like, yes! woo! It's wonderful. So, yeah, now, it for great. me, the
0: resident DJs are the most underrated DJs everywhere because they're doing such a great job, mostly. Everyone. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, so for me, a big, big respect for this, definitely. But do you remember your first gig at Watergate?
1: Um, I do. I mean, the first gig at Watergate, surprise, was of course the rice, rice party, party because mm-hmm. it was taking place in Watergate. But um, it's still different to play a Rice gig or a Watergate Mm. gig because, of course, when it's a pure Rice party, I play more Mm. African-influenced. And if it's a Watergate gig, I play less African-influenced. Of course, I always have this undertone, but I'm between the, the two worlds. And like my... My um, debut gig for Watergate was actually the Watergate Open Air 2. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God. Where because- was it actually? Was it in Rommelsburg? Or- no, it was at Sage Beach. Ah, okay. Actually, I met you there for the first time. Was it uh, two years ago or something? Yeah, something like this. Yes. I met you and you said like, Oh, that was so nice. I remember Oh ah, so I remember yes. this. Yes, of course you had all your friends with you. Exactly. And they were looking at mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember this, yeah. That was amazing. I mean, I had all my girls as a backup, they were dancing, it was amazing. It was like an explosion. We had a nice article and tip, you know, and it looked super cool, you know, me and my girl crew <laughs> behind me, and I was really, really nervous and I meticulously like prepared you my it. set. Because I didn't want to make any mistake. I was like, okay, okay, this has to be solid because the owners of Watergate, where they're all eyes on me, and of course, I. Do I you, sorry that I yeah? interrupt
0: you, but do you think sometimes that as a girl, a woman DJ, you have to get more? Um, attention that you're not making a mistake because this was my experience when I was first starting DJing. Everyone was like judging me about my technical skills. Definitely. And it's like still, that's still there, you know. It's like, oh, you can play the shittiest music, but as soon you make the first wrong mix you get like it's everywhere
1: definitely it's so true you know I mean we're only human we're not machines you know and it's also not sometimes you just fuck up you know sometimes it's, yeah. it's just not working you can do what you want it's not working we all have these days we know it <laughs> you know and it happens to the best And but I have the feeling that when a guy fucks up they're like oh gro- yeah. the crowd is oh, just like oh my god hey, bro. but as a woman it's like oh yeah okay you know I mean I maybe you, I'm wrong she can't mix. <laughs> but definitely I think um, there's a different pressure on yeah. And be always under
0: pressure, much more. I just recently saw a post, sorry to say this, but... to go to another theme but I just saw a post of Rebecca she did like a especially with the streaming thing everyone is uh, full concentrated on your fingers and how you look and now you have to film you have to be beautiful you have to be dressed up you have to wear good makeup and of course you have to mix really good and the selection has to be good and she did something at her and she said the next day oh, I'm sorry I fucked it up and I uh, did some really terrible mixes and all the, the comments were like super guy, and I said hey Rebecca please don't be so hard to yourself, you know. This is typical um, for us, for women, because we're always judging ourselves so much and sending, um, putting ourselves in so much pressure. Yes,
1: true. And also we always, or I don't want to say we, but many women always say sorry. They apologize so often and oh. sometimes there's nothing to apologize. I apologize if, if there's really something to apologize for, mm-hmm. but just for a fuck up if I don't have the um, transition right I would never apologize again I would never do it it happens and so yes of course so when I when I'm on stage I really sometimes think like oh my god please Mm -hmm. don't fuck up Mm -hmm. do it correctly but I think now the longer I do it the more confident I become and yeah but (laughs) It's not going over, <laughs> I can tell you. I, I mean, I'm always, I'm always nervous and super and excited. And this is the best, actually.
0: When you're not nervous, then something is going wrong. Then yeah. you're too confi- confident. And then, of course, you're not like, you know... I yeah, need no, to I'm be always nervous crazy sometimes.
1: nervous before. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. But I really need it. I need this adrenaline going through my veins, you know, pumping and, and being hyped. so much. Me too, totally. <laughs> you know, I love to be hyped and pumped, you know. I really love it. And I really love it when, you know, when people come to you after your gig and when I thank you, then I know I did something right. And this is actually what I love. I want to make people happy. I want them to have a good time. And yeah, this is
0: actually also my growing up to be a DJ. I don't want to give them my sound and they have to like it. I just want them to be happy. And if they're not happy, then I'm really unhappy, <laughs> actually.
1: Yes, It true. makes me really
0: sad. But um, um, then, of course, there was suddenly the pressure of doing also your own music. I I say pressure because was it a pressure? Because when you're like, you can't be an international book DJ nowadays without doing a record. I mean, I know only a few, maybe two or three. Was it a pressure for you that you were thinking, okay, I go in the studio or was it just the lack of the time what you have now?
1: Um, mm, Good question. Very good question. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, But in the beginning, I went into everything kind of naive, you know. Sometimes you just do it, you know, like like yeah, that's amazing. I just do it, and you just do it without even thinking. And um, I was always interested in music productions, and I started to do to do like fun music with garage band for friends, <laughs> yes. you know. I, I did some nice birthday tracks for friends, you know, like with rap and. F- kind of 808 drums and mm-hmm. stuff like this in a really fun way and um, of course I think it's a natural desire if you um, play music maybe to create your own music and then mm-hmm. I started to play around with Logic a little bit but this was way before I was a uh, Watergate resident and was doing some stuff and Logic is not
0: even easy you know
1: That's no it's not easy but it was a natural step from GarageBand to Logic mm, yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically the same but mm. Well, more professional logic and i said i remember oh my god i sent my first tracks to floyd lavigne and i was what you su- <laughs> i was super hyped you know i was like oh this is already super good And he was like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love this yeah but he's so friendly i and can't he, imagine no, that he's he like he
1: is amazing and so supportive i mean at this point i really have to thank him because he was Really also um, a major factor in the start of my career because he always supported me, Mm -hmm. always believed in me and he always gave me very valuable feedback and which is also very important, honest feedback, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And some people cannot give honest feedback Mm -hmm. and I really value and appreciate honest feedback, constructive feedback because this is how you can grow. Sometimes, of course, it's maybe, I don't want to say painful, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's painful because you, especially when you believe
0: that you made the biggest track ever. And but you, and it's just you cannot beginning.
1: grow, you know, so you mm-hmm. have to have this and it helped me. And so I was really like hyped. I was like, okay, I sit down, I got to learn this. I watched YouTube tutorials. I took Ableton lessons and all mm-hmm. these kind of things. So I did the work and it got better and better and better. And so now when he, he, he really watched my process mm-hmm. and yeah, he really, congratulated me like hey congrats oh. sister on your releases you see the hard work pays off and yeah so it was a natural step to do it in the beginning I did it more naively like I said but now and that's a really funny thing now I feel the pressure so I have two remixes out uh, one track together with Nico Schmidt an original yes. track on Watergate mm-hmm. And, and the next EP yeah and now my first original track on Harabe which you mentioned mm-hmm. and now I'm working on my first EP and this is really weird now so I'm working on my tracks now I have almost two yeah actually, I actually have two tracks now which is good <laughs> it's yes, enough for an EP <laughs> it's good I want to do one more mm-hmm. uh, but okay. still now I'm listening like, oh my god will they like it and now doubts are coming mm-hmm. you know before I, I was not thinking but now yeah, I started if to if you're think. not
0: thinking then it's mostly the, the best you know if you start thinking and, and what kind of direction you want to go you want to present yourself then it's already a lot of marketing behind the scenes working in your head so it's better not but
1: I think I just do it you know it's what I love and yeah I hope the people will like it but it's coming out on Watergate um, I hope so.
0: so <laughs> it's not okay, it's not yeah.
1: a real deal yet, but this is my intention. So oh, no, yeah, but of this is actually the plan. <laughs> the natural But rister. actually coming back
0: to Rise, um, where you first started DJing this Africa um Afro House influenced music, mm-hmm. which is like really not typical for Berlin. No. And of course, I had Floyd <coughs> Labine here and we were talking about this also. How was it in the first gigs? Because it's not really typical Berlin. It's not music which fits to Berlin. You were the first one. Actually, Rise was even started beco- before this all-Africa-hype come was was born with the big superstars exactly. like Black Coffee um, taking over. So how was this the first time? I think it was, especially for you, you want to give the people a good time. If you have your first rice party in Watergate and they were like,
1: hey, schneller, harder. <laughs> Could be quite yes, difficult. True. I mean, of course, sometimes um, like regular Watergate clubbers came and they were like, okay, What's going on here? If they didn't know that this mm. is a RISE party, an mm. African-inspired electronic music party, they were like, oh, that's not the sound we like. And some mm-hmm. people left. But there were others who were really interested and they were like, oh, wow, this is great. I never heard this kind of music. And so we accumulated over time like a yeah, like a crowd, like a fan base who really came for the RISE parties. Even people from London came mm-hmm. um, just to see us. And so the very first time... When I played on Rise, um, at, at Rise, I started like very soft, like housey vibes. And then towards the end, I went harder and harder. And I mean, I'm a Steve Mason BSBF girl. So I like synthesizers. <laughs> with African rules. I like this is, techno, the, the combination you is know? the secret probably. And this is what I'm trying to do. I mix everything, you know, like mm-hmm. some melodic house and techno. Like mm-hmm. real techno, not so much, but always with this African twist and um, i think there's still a lot of potential but also with the pandemic we got stopped you know so when you put the brakes on something you don't know if you can speed up again so time will tell
0: but are you actually um following the african music scene did you get records from there
1: um, yes, I do, of course, um, and also the genre Afro house itself is changing. No, no change- even
0: like oh. the original. Um, I mean, Afro house is of course quite common now, but there's like really the original. All the influence if coming sometimes, like you said, you were, was a big Philakuti fan. Yes, and there's still so much unbelievable music. And I remember I went once for Bridges for Music, which mm-hmm. was like amazing to see all these people there combining the electronic with their actually music where they're grown up with, which was super interesting what was going out.
1: I could do this more when I was playing hip hop because mm-hmm. when I was playing hip hop, I was not solely playing hip hop. I was always playing a mix of hip hop, dancehall, afro, Beats, not to. What be is Af- Afrobeats? Is there, a, diff- okay. is there
0: d- a difference between Afrobeats and African house?
1: Oh, big, oh, sorry. big, 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 major difference. So there's Afrobeat, which is like the filakuti music. Mm-hmm. Then there's Afro beats, which is. Oh my God, am I saying something wrong? No, no, I don't know what I'm saying. So there's Afrobeat and Afrobeat and um, Afro House. Afro House is born out of electronic music mm-hmm. with um, African influence. Mm-hmm. Then you have Afrobeat, which is um, like the pop music of um, Africa. And you have Afrobeat, which is like the Felakuti style um, yeah. music. And all these influences merge in so many different genres nowadays. And also in regular pop music, you have it. And um, like Drake, for example, big, big um, hip hop act or rap act. um, He was um, collaborating with big um, um, African stars. And um, nowadays when I play electronic music, not so much I merge original um, afrobeat or afrobeats into the music also because the tempi they range so much but definitely edits like Fila okay. Kuti edits they find a way
0: yeah. yeah absolutely i can feel this and i can uh, see this quite often uh, nowadays but <clears throat> coming back um to um talk we had last week and there was an interesting topic you told me you know what Anya. Electronic music helped me and saved my life because I was so not structured. I was such a party girl, and now I'm on the way. And yes, <laughs> how do you mean it? What it means? So, because normally when you get into electronic music, some people losing their self. It was for you quite opposite.
1: Definitely, I found myself and. I mean, of course, the last, I mean, it sounds so boring, but the last 14 years, sorry, guys, I was no party girl at all because I was just at home raising my daughter. I was no
0: party girl, all right. I got it completely wrong. No, no,
1: no. You got it right. You got it right. But just the time frame. It's just about the time frame. So... Whenever I discovered Steve Mason, he's the root of all, you know.
0: (laughs) It's so funny that you,
1: because no one knows him. And this is so funny. We both talk about him for the first time in my life. He really was the root of all. So as soon as I could go into a club, I mean, of course, I was a little bit young as I supposed to. I went to a club with 16, not 18, in Hanover. But... I loved it. And I went there. My mom didn't know where I was. Sorry, mom. I mean, by now she knows, you know, I told I'm staying at my friend. My friend told her mom she, she's staying at my place. And so we went to Hano, to Hanumark and partied until the morning. So until I did the Abitur, I was really partying a lot. And then I went to Hamburg studying and then I started to go out again. Not like super crazy, but like going out I didn't have anyone to take care about you know mm-hmm. and I was not really reliable like I just did what I wanted to do I was like a real pleasure seeker you know I did what I pleased and I didn't like responsibility and um, was a little bit flaky kind of a flake sometimes and then <laughs> um, yeah so when my daughter was born of course it was the first step into being really put you know like okay you have to have an organized life now and then electronic music in this way helped me because you really have to put the work into it, you know, you have mm-hmm. to sit down, you have to have a good time management, especially when you have a family, when mm-hmm. you have a job, to or, yeah, a regular job. And so this really saved me to be structured, to mm-hmm. keep deadlines, to meet deadlines, um, to really prepare something, but you study
0: journalism. You have
1: deadlines there too. I know, but I didn't finish it. Okay. Yes. Okay. I didn't this finish it. The point, then, this is the course, point. This is because I'd...
0: she missed all the deadlines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, I didn't finish it. You know, I, I started many things I thought I liked, but I never finished. And so with this, it's first time mm-hmm. I'm finishing things. I'm sitting down, and I'm doing it.
0: This is great. But um, are you have? A, do you know when your next gig is? Do you have a gig? <laughs> because it's interesting Good to know. Good question. Um, so, so how much is rescheduled? A actually? paid gig or not a normal gig with people, just like we know it from the beginning.
1: Well, I mean, who knows,
0: right? But do you have something? Do you know? Do you? I mean, assume to have to play in June or September? No, not yet. Nothing no, confirmed it, yet. So, um, I nothing hope Nothing confirmed. Also, the rescheduled things are. It's not. Uh, no rescheduled.
1: Not Nothing confirmed yet, except of ADE. We'll see if this is going to happen. But I'm geeked. Um, you have more Ge- than me. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say I'm geeked? I'm booked for Plendres, exactly. exactly. Um, other than that, some live streams coming up again with Superflu. Um, I played for them recently at, home, at their home office. This was nice. Huh? I oh my God. Too. <laughs> yes, I love these guys. They're so cute and so fun and so cool. And like down to earth. And so I'm going back to them on the... Did you meet some people in our scene, they're not down to earth? Hmm, well, (laughs) most of them are, but... No, no, but did did you meet someone
0: who is not down to earth? I did. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right, I was just
0: wondering. (laughs) I can... But don't say names. No, no, of course not. No. (laughs) Okay, but uh, Superflu is definitely down to earth. I've yes, been there too. It was really nice, and in their little studio. And did you see the club? What they're having? Yes, amazing. Halle, which oh, no one expected. I really it's really loved cool. It. They're
1: working on it. Yeah, super. and and exactly. And I really hope that they're going. That they're, yeah, that they're getting back on track. Or I mean, I think they were they were not actually opened. I guess right.
0: Yeah, but it's no one can open now in Germany. And I know. Probably it's so no bad. one else. Nowhere
1: else. So yes, I'm looking forward to see them again. And other than that. So but that, you didn't sh- have a specific a specific gig where you can no. play. No. Mm-mm. Unfortunately not. And then also I'm, i was thinking already, I was wondering like if for example, tomorrow they would tell me like, hey, you you could have a gig, whatever in Tulum. <laughs> I'm not so sure if I I know exactly it. what
0: you're talking about. You know I what have I mean? the
1: same. I don't have the feeling that's the right time. I think I, I would not go yeah. even to
0: India or something.
1: It's really, it feels weird for me. Exactly, same for me. So I'm staying put. This will go over mm. at some point. So I'm here when it's starting it again.
0: I'm, I'm absolutely sure that you have a great chance after this because you have a great crew and a great energy, and <laughs> you are s- still there. And even this year gives you more energy than before. And now you have exactly. the time to 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 improve yourself, especially your production skills. But um, yeah, Jamie. Thank you for being here. Thank this you, This was Anja. lovely. If you want to see Jamie, it's, it's really, um, you can do this. And it's Wednesday on Watergate Worldwide Stream. And check up um, her first releases. She's just in the beginning and we have to follow her on Watergate Records, hopefully. So now they have so much pressure, they have to release. Yes. <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much. It's always so wonderful to see you, really.
1: Thanks for having me, Anja. It's always <laughs> a pleasure on my side as right. well.
0: I think if it's a little bit sneaky, knacky, this is my chair, which is not really well. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hopefully, uh, it was me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Clubroom backstage. Produced at Blackout Studios.